What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the FTK Podcast. I am Daniel, and I'm here with our Sean, Michael, and a special guest, Melvin. Uh, let's let's just jump right into it. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and you know this this vaccine stuff that's been going on. Uh, Michael, you want to give me your insights first? Yeah, so at the beginning of the season, uh, they asked Aaron Rodgers if he was vaccinated, and he, he like ducked the question, you know, by being sneaky about it. He, talked, he said that he's immunized. Is that right? And I mean, yeah, he said he said I'm immunized. I'm immunized. Immunized. Yeah, sorry. And I don't know. People just kind of shrugged it off that he was just vaccinated. Uh, come to find out, what week nine or ten? Week nine that he. He wasn't vaccinated, and he's been breaking, you know, protocols this whole entire time, throughout the whole year. And we thought some serious punishment was going to be brought down on him. You know, fat fine for like all nine weeks. Ah, boy, he was let off with 15k. That's like a slap on the wrist for for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe even less than that. And we're comparing it to the CD Lamb situation. So recently, CD Lamb played a game with the untucked jersey. And he was fined twenty k, which is way more, and it was for one week. So I want let me, I want to hear y'all y'all's thoughts on on that situation. Well, I mean, Rogers came in and said it was a personal decision, and I think that was completely wrong to say because he plays in the NFL, he plays in a professional league, he's an adult, he should make these decisions, follow the rules of the NFL, man. You're you're old enough, you're a veteran in the league. You just got to comply with the rules and him lying from the beginning. It's just, it's not right for a person of his status, face of the league, one of the faces of the league as well. So I think Rogers needs to, I hope he, I hope he just recovers from this because he got a lot of backlash from it. You know, I think it was wrong. I just think he needs to start performing soon and forget all about this. Especially for being MVP last season too. So, mm-hmm. Sean, thoughts? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, to just like what you guys are saying, uh, I feel as though with him being, especially with him being the leader of his team, he should have definitely you know taken initiative and been not only the first probably to to get the shot, but uh, one of the first, you know, because uh, it's always you know. A possibility to catch COVID if you're not vaccinated. Therefore, he's detrimenting his team by going out or doing whatever he's doing, you know, being in people's face and catching COVID and causing a missing game, which they lost. And it's a tight race. They might be leading it, but you never know. Like sometimes later down the stretch, that game could have mattered. So, uh, yeah, uh, for him to, to be, I think, maybe one of the few people on his team not to be vaccinated, it's not a good look. And, uh, I mean, I felt as though he's bound to come to a senses soon, you would hope. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I guess it was wrong for him to lie, obviously, saying he's immunized. I'm not against him not being vaccinated. Like, you know, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's on you. You know, you do you. But if you're going to lie about it, that's where, you know, you you, you just took the wrong approach to it. Um he definitely should have just came out earlier and said that he wasn't vaccinated cuz I don't think uh there's plenty of players in the NFL who still aren't vaccinated and um so I, I do think he was wrong wrong for that and definitely like he's putting his team in jeopardy luckily it was against the Chiefs and not like hmm. anybody in the NFC that could have possibly caused like you know home field advantage uh in come playoff time in the NFC so uh he he really dodged a bullet there. I mean, I, so he says immunized. Do you think it's because you know there are people who are like they got sick once, they they turned out fine afterwards, and then they think, oh, I'm I'm immunized from the you know COVID from now on. You think it was like that type of situation, or is like he's just trying to duck the situation altogether? I honestly, I don't know. I I heard he did like some shit in Canada or something like that. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I swear it was Canada. Uh, but I don't know. What it, I honestly don't know what it, what it was. They were comparing him to Kyrie Irving. And <laughs> that, that's, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. I mean, maybe him not taking the vaccine 
was probably like, you know, to take a shot at the Green Bay front office, you know, maybe that's another sign. Like, you know, I don't want to be here lying to this, like to the front office. I'm not taking the vaccine. Like, what is that all about? Just say it, you know, just be straight up and be like, no, I'm not taking the vaccine. Why lie? And I'm honestly thinking he's lying because he just doesn't want to be there no more. You know, like why cousin all this ruckus for no reason when you could just do the play the safe way out and just openly speak about it. Like, I don't want to take the vaccine, you know, because Kyrie openly said it, right? Pretty sure he openly said he doesn't want to take the vaccine. Okay. But with Rodgers, man, he just straight up lied, didn't say anything. And we really know what happened in the pre in the off season, how he didn't want to be there in Green Bay. It's just it's all around bad in Green Bay right now. All right. Uh so next up. Let's talk OBJ to the Rams. I'll give my I'll give my thoughts first. I I was conf- I was honestly like shocked and confused that he went to the Rams, considering he wanted attention, he wanted the the he wanted the targets, and he goes to a team that's just stacked on offense. Um, you know, prayers up to Robert Woods. He just tore his ACL today, but that he I, I <laughs> it's just so sketchy that that just happens to you know to be a thing once OVJ gets there and it's, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it, but uh, we'll see how he performs for the Rams. If it works out, we'll, we'll get to see if OBJ is actually just washed and not good anymore. Obviously he gets open, <laughs> but he's also dropping passes here and there. So we'll really see how, how you know, his, his situation, especially with a quarter, a quarterback like uh, Matthew Stafford throwing to him. So, I thought it was a strange move too, but uh, I was letting you guys know, like before we started, that I thought it was a. I thought it, the more you think about it, the more good it looks, or the the better it looks, because I mean, it was it was just a constant fight between him and Baker when it came to like things like uh, attention or not. So Ob, it, it's a little bit on both of them. So you know, Obj did get the ball thrown to him a couple times. You know, he dropped the passes, but it was more often than that that you know Baker was missing him on these huge, you know, touchdown plays. You know, it, it was it was kind of ridiculous. Uh, so it it makes sense to go to an offense where you know you, you have a more proven quarterback, I would say, or you know, quarterback with a little more experience. Uh, you know, who can get you the ball. Not only that, uh, in Bra- in the Browns, you know, offense, he was serving as that, you know, role to take away pressure from the defense, um, from other receivers. Now that he's on the Rams, I think it could uh, it could work under Cooper Cup, where Cooper Cup can be more of like, you know, a target for def- uh, defenses, and VJ can kind of slide underneath and get those targets needed. Uh, I also think it's a fishy situation with the Robert Woods thing. I think they were saying like, it was. He gone to practice. Um, he left practice. He got evaluated, and then suddenly they're like, "Oh yeah, dude! Like your ACL's like it's gone." So he's suddenly just you know out for the season. It's like works out perfectly with the OBJ signing. Wait, so with Robert Woods, did he get injured in practice, like during like practicing, like on a play or something, or was it just like out, uh, out the bloom? I think. I think it was during practice. I can take a second look for you right now. It, it was just it was bizarre because like they they didn't know anything until he got evaluated. Yeah. Oh, Odell. Sean. Oh, so uh, with the Odell situation, um, sure, like as a lot of people, you know, I was just kind of confused by it because it's like you know, it's like the rich keep getting richer because. Just acquired Von Miller, and then you just get another receiver when you already have pretty pretty solid third in Van Jefferson. So uh, I was just a little shocked, but I mean, you know, it, why not have the most weapons you could you possibly you got possibly have? So, um, then yeah, with the Robert Woods situation, you know, I feel like the timing was a little bit odd. It makes me wonder that maybe Robert Woods was injured earlier, and then I kind of played a factor into why they were so aggressive with getting Odell or maybe it just legit was a coincidence and they, he got injured after the signing, but happy even more now to have signed Odell because, you know, it's the next man up mentality with him. He's in the bright lights and he's definitely competing for a Super Bowl this year. So we'll see how he fits. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rams are in a win now situation. You know, I like the approach they did. They're aggressive. Rams are making plenty of moves. You know, they're not building off the draft. They're going straight in, buying these free agents. Scared money don't make. You know, they're, they these guys are for real. Um, the Rams are showing great signs. Super Bowl candidates, and you know, adding Odell, he just he just fits perfectly. You know, it's L.A. Odell's that flashy receiver. He brings that finesse to the team. I mean, it hasn't been, you know, we haven't seen that finesse from him, you know, the past couple of years, but I think I think his career revives here in Los Angeles. Um, and with how the division's going, you know, Seattle is weak. San Francisco is weak. Um, you're pretty much competing competing with Arizona. And I think with, Coop, with Cup and Odell, man, with the season Cup's having, a lot of attention is going to be on him. Odell's going to be open. It's just gonna be it's gonna be on Stafford looking for him, man. I think Stafford can get the job done. Um, I hope Odell's ego, you know, his attention thingy doesn't get in the way because this team is legit. Um, and with Robert Woods, yeah, that just praise out to him. I mean, he was on pace. It, it was it's sad because he was on pace for a thousand yards uh, this this year as a number two role. Yeah, and he's also uh, one of Melvin's wide receivers in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk, let's talk uh, fantasy. How, how do we think Odell's gonna do on the Rams with fantasy was, going on? Are, is he gonna yeah, is thought, he gonna produce or is he gonna be the same Odell who's just sitting there with like five targets a game? I thought he was gonna do good even before Robert Woods, you know, tore his ACL. I I still thought he would you know be able to slip in and then, like you know underneath cup like I said earlier. Uh, real, real quick, oh, we'll come back. But it's like uh, they said that he tore it during practice. Um, it was seen as a freak accident on a route, and he just had a weird feeling in his knee. Like at the end of the day, he got the trainers checking him out, and it turned out to be an ACL tear. Yeah. So it was it was a freak accident. They they called it. But uh, yeah, I think OBJ is gonna do better. Um, Van Jefferson, I you know he was looking like to get dropped in a lot of leagues, uh, but I I think his his uh, value goes up especially for this week. Yeah, so I guess let's uh let's just move it on. Let's leave this Odell topic to stay where it is, and let's let's move on. So Henry Ruggs, former Raider. Oh, how did that like just the news breaking in the morning? It just like. It shocked me. I I I, <laughs> sent, I sent it in the fantasy chat. I said, you know, y'all pray for Henry Ruggs because he just got in a car accident. But I didn't know the whole. There was like there was no info on it. On you know, it was a DUI and he killed somebody. There was none of that. It was just his Corvette that was just you know destroyed. But I I, I was honestly shocked. I was in disbelief. It was like I was going through like the uh through the stages of grief, dude. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I didn't think somebody like Henry Ruggs would do something so like stupid to drink and drive. You're an NFL player. Uber is it's essentially free for that for NFL players. They 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 reimburse you. And it's I I just can't believe it. And especially the, how fast he was going on that, you know, just on a main road, not even a highway. It's it's like it's unacceptable and I I can't, I, I honestly, I, I want to support him. I want to say, you know, like, I, I feel bad. Honestly, I do. But it's just, it's unforgiving. You can't, like, you, you took someone's life and you honestly just, you just fucked your, your own life up. He had, he, <laughs> he, he didn't also ruin, you know, the fucking, what the Raiders had going. That's how, that's obviously, like, the least of my worries, but. He he just he took took away a life. There's you know a daughter of someone, and he killed a dog as well. And that's just I I don't see I can't I can't speak much on it because it's just like <sighs> it's saddening what what the fuck he did. So yeah, that's all I got to say on that. Are Sean thoughts? Yeah, um, very very unfortunate, you know, to to wake up and see that all over your timeline, you know. Um I feel as though um he just threw away not only his career but 
you know, virtually is life. And, uh, I mean, it sucks to say because everyone, you know, deserves a second chance and deserves a chance to rede- redeem themselves in uh, some way or form. But uh, after this, you know, it's just, so what can you do? Um, I mean, people have done a lot worse and kind of, you know, got their, got their name out of the clear. But, you know, with recency bias, I can't really see that happening anytime soon. But um, it's a big loss, but an even bigger loss, you know, with the, with the woman and the, the dog. So uh, hopefully, you know, he has a lot of time to think and reflect on what he did. And hopefully it's just a time for everyone to not drink and drive, you know. It's always an alternative, and it would be smart and safest for you to go that route. I think it's uh, over 50 years he's facing currently, which, I, I mean, makes complete sense for all the, you know, just literally everything was going on. Um, I believe it was 156 miles per hour on that on that main road. It's crazy to think about. Uh, two two times over the the alcohol breathalyzer limit, right? Or it's it's stupidity, like it's the yeah the stupid things like that that just you know it you don't you ruin your life, other people's lives, and it's just. If you want to step away from it for a little bit, you know, talk about the Raiders situation and then, like, you know, how it affects the Raiders. They lose a, a key player that they had for the season. Um, obviously, they do sign D-Jax. So, that, I, you know, I guess they get the speed back somewhat. Uh, but it's just like, you know, the the Raiders are, are losing their, their first-round picks, whether it's, you know, from themselves or just anything because i recently damon arnett was caught you know what was it threatening a man with a gun yeah he was caught threatening a man with a gun but uh let me speak on this real quick i don't think the raiders are the problem i don't think las vegas is the problem considering the las vegas golden knights a hockey team's been there and there hasn't been an incident like that that has happened until you know henry ruggs and damon arnett came by so i definitely don't think it's a team or the city but uh, yeah, it's it's just it's unbelievable what they what they've done. Uh, yeah, I think it's I don't think it's a team thing at all. Like I think it's just it's just getting really unlucky, you know. And then now you got Gruden, you know, suing suing the NFL, understandably so as well. I gotta admit, like you know, you only he gets you know called out from the from the emails and the investigation that has to do with a completely different team at Washington is I don't know I don't they haven't had they responded to to what's it called Mark Davis yet because he he said that they should be releasing everything they caught and it just that felt targeted to only release you know Gruden's I don't I don't think they've responded yet or I think they have responded but they they decided not to you know release all that Melvin, thoughts on uh on the whole Raiders situation and you know the Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, everything that's been going on. I think the Henry Ruggs situation could have been avoided. Um, I think he was he was intoxicated, you know, late at night. I think you should just let at that point you should just let your girlfriend, you know, just drive back home. Uh, it's definitely not the the Raiders' fault, uh, like Raiders' fault or the city's fault either. I don't think I don't agree with that either. I think it's just. The players' own decisions, man. It's just basic humanity, man. Like, uh, I think you just, or you call an Uber for rugs, you know, play it safe, man. You don't play with your life like that and, you know, costing him his career. And with Damon Arnett, that's just, it's it's not excusable, man. You know, it's these actions, once again, you're threatening somebody's, somebody's life with a, with a chopper, you know, with an SMG. I don't know what gun it was, but. Stuff like that, it just it ruins your reputation. It ruins your your career. And if the Raiders just clean that act up, man, the players clean their act, you know, be more disciplined. I think the Raiders can go all the way, man, and be that organization, be that team they were they once were in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties. You know, because it's you know it happens a lot. It happened a lot a lot of times back here in Oakland. You know, the players were getting into trouble. You know, but a lot of teams get into trouble. But you know, the Raiders have had that tendency in the past years. You know, players getting these messes, and this everything collapses. 
but I think the Raiders have built something good. I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. He is definitely not the problem. The Raiders have a very bright future. And it's just the point of executing now. I mean, I I think the Raiders got a really favorable schedule coming up, to be honest. I like their schedule. I, uh, current, currently, uh, not currently, sorry, earlier, I think, Daniel, you said... Uh, you you would like Henry Ruggs would have been the last person you thought to to do this, uh, even more so because he his best friend is is on his Twitter account. You know his somebody who inspired him to continue to make it to the NFL away in a in a car accident. So it just it I don't know it it just adds on. It just keeps adding on. Yeah, I've seen that too. But yeah, like it just. Just the shit Henry Ruggs did, it just, it's like, it ru- it, okay, it ruined the team chemistry. Let, let, I'm, I'm gonna bring up Brian Edwards, real, Brian Edwards, real quick, because after the Gruden situation, after Gruden emails came out, that Chicago Bears game, he was dropping passes. He he just played like absolute shit. Now after that, you know, he was perfectly fine. He was playing, playing, you know, playing pretty well. Then Henry Ruggs situation happened against the Giants, drop passes. You know, dropping easy passes to you know just to say, um, so it's clear it's it's been affecting the players, and uh, it's it's just unacceptable. All right, so our final topic: the San Francisco Forty ers Are they the biggest disappointment uh, in in this in this year's NFL season? What do you guys mm-hmm. think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was supposed to be Washington, right? Because Washington's defense was so dominant last year. You think, oh, Fitzpatrick's gonna come in, their offense is gonna be, you know, just as good. You know, everything's gonna start clicking all together. And then Washington just, you know, they they fall apart. They're an easy team to to beat. It seems like most of the time. Um, it's just. I don't know, the, the Niners outdid them because you think the Niners are going to do something great, right? They, you got all your pieces back. You know, most of your team's healthy, so you can't really say anything about any health situations. And it's just like they are still managing to lose games. They should be winning, uh, like, especially last week against the Cardinals. And it, it's just it's frustrating to watch. Yeah, uh, I I honestly think it's on coaching at this point. You can't blame the players. Jimmy G is not playing bad. I'm gonna say that he's doing he's doing his job. He's managing the game as he's supposed to, but it's just the defense, dude. Like Colt McCoy was putting on like an MVP type performance <laughs> against the <laughs> Niners defense. Like I don't I don't know what the, what the hell was going on there, and uh, yeah, definitely solid leaving the Niners to go to the Jets was a big part of that you know collapse, and it's just. I honestly thought they were gonna come back and like be the team they were in uh what was it twenty nineteen, the twenty nineteen season. Yeah. I thought they were gonna be that good, but apparently not. Um, obviously there's some bright spots on the team, you know the run game, Elijah Mitchell, but you also have to put some blame on Kyle Shanahan and his his fucking predictable playbook that has like the same three plays on it. This dude like. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it was, you know, it was some creative shit at the beginning, but when you keep doing it and doing it all over and over and over again, it's just so, it's so predictable uh, what they're going to do with it. And uh, I don't know if changing the quarterback will change, will, will, you know, obviously change anything with, with the Niners. Trey Lance, they they literally just use them for option plays. They'd have him running the ball, you know, put putting his body at risk as he did against the Cardinals. Um, but yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely a big like, just like a smack to the face to the Niner fans, that that that, that just happened. Um, you know, as you as you were saying, everybody everyone's healthy. There's no like very significant injuries. I guess Jason Barrett, but what the hell has yeah. he fucking done? This dude's like 40 years old and he's washed. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but just yeah, uh, I don't. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what the Niners can do at this point. They have no first-round pick to tank for. 
they uh, they gave up DeForest Buckner for uh who Javon Kinlaw, right? And what what has yeah. what has Kinlaw actually done since his rookie since his rookie year? He's yeah, obviously I mean, he a sophomore. Would... He's obviously a sophomore now, but yeah, a good as rookie year. I mean, it was progressing, but it's just like you come to find out that he had like this progressing knee injury, you know, and it's, it's not something you can hide that easily. So when scouting the guy, I'm pretty sure you know about it. Exactly. They still, they still, they still went after him. I was like, I mean, regardless, you know, he still was there for most of the, I think, well, yeah, most, if not all the, his rookie season. It's like, but it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a unicorn type thing with Jason Verrett. They're just, they're just injury prone. I also want to speak on this again. So, uh, the Niners, they have almost the same team. It's like identical to the one they did that Super Bowl year, right? And they're doing so fucking bad. I kind of want to tie that to the last Super Bowl they, they played, they played in against the Ravens the year after they, what they did, they lost to the Seahawks, right? Yeah, they, we went, they went, uh, they went 11 and 5. Was that 2013? Yeah, they went 11 and yeah, 2013, they went 11 and five that following season after the Super Bowl, and yeah, we fought, we fought to the Seahawks. And then the next season, that's if I'm not mistaken, 2014 when we played you guys in Battle Battle of the Bay in Oakland, right? Yes, and we went eight and eight that season. Eight and eight. What 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 changed with that team besides obviously Carlos Rogers and uh, what's his name, the other cornerback y'all had, Terrell Terrell Brown, I think. Brown and Chris Oliver. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what, what changed from that team? Because I feel like that team was pretty pretty much the same. It was very similar to the one you had. Patrick Willis obviously was uh, injured, right? Patrick Willis was injured. Not Navarro Bowman. Navarro Bowman. Bowman. Navarro Bowman was injured. Yeah. Navarro Bowman. That, that's when he tore his ACL uh, against the Seahawks in the that was the national the NFC Championship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, because I'm trying to tie that together because it's kind of like like a cycle. You have the same team, and you're just you're not not performing. I think the the 2019 like you know team is I it's, it's I wouldn't call it identical to the current team. I mean you you had Emmanuel Sanders who was helping with explosive plays on the you know the offense, and then you had a leader in the defense in you know Richard Sherman. It's I because I feel like the the leadership's kind of it's kind of everywhere right now with the Niners. I feel like it's either there or not like completely gone. I feel uh, like it's completely gone to be honest, man. Yeah, I mean. You lost, Buckner. you lost Buckner. I think, honestly, personally, Buckner was the heart and soul of the whole team, man. That dude came out of nothing and was a top five defensive lineman. He was the captain of the team. Honestly, he was more of a captain than Kittle, Jimmy, and Fred. And now that he's gone, Fred hasn't taken the load of being the main guy. Don't get me wrong. He's a good leader, but he's nothing like Buckner. Buckner, yeah. Buckner was an alpha out there man that dude led the team just look just look how you made eric armstead look man prior prior to that armstead wasn't you know really like producing i would say but you know we we lost buckner we decided to pay eric armstead instead of buckner and we let uh armstead be that guy be our leader in the front line and he just hasn't been you know producing and that goes with Salah as well man I feel like Salah really, really made this team who they, who they were, that 2019 team. Because, look, before 2019, the 2017-2018 season, so in 2017, we acquired Kyle Shanahan and we acquired Robert Salah. The first year with Salah, we were ranked 11th in defense. 2018, we were ranked 9th. In 2019, we came in ranked number one defense in the league. Honestly, I don't want I, I might sound a little, you know, Dumb, but I think that 2019 might have been a fluke, man. You take Salah away, Shanahan's just another coach in the league. Because this man has a under 500 record besides 2019. And this is, it's, it's becoming like a more frequent thing now. Shanahan is that, of that, I think like that 2019 was a fluke. Because Shanahan, he just, he's getting, he has nothing to do. Like he wants his these quarterbacks. He th- he keeps saying, "Oh, Jimmy is a um our best chance of winning." You have Jimmy right now, man. This is where you have to you know show what's forth. But at the other hand, you, I already said Salah's gone. 
Now you can, now you're bringing in a rookie defensive coordinator in D'Amico Ryan's, which is nothing what Salah is in his scheme, his game plan, and you kind of need to rely on the offense. You kind of need to rely on the offense now because you lost that defensive coaching in Salah, and yeah, this is horrible, bad to this season with San Fran. Yeah, and on the top. Oh, sorry. Oh uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, I just wanted to speak on Kyle Shanahan. I honestly never thought he was good. We seen it in Atlanta when uh, obviously he was a, he's a, he was a good uh, offensive coordinator, but he 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 was not able to he he can't he can't manage time. His time management is fucking horrible. You blow you blew a twenty eight to three lead to uh to to New England. Obviously, you can't blame him fully for it, but. How many offensive possessions did did Atlanta have that that uh that day that that game, bro? Like <laughs> it was it was just so many dumb plays they would run, and they they could have easily put ice the game and put it away like you know in the fourth, bro. But it's it's all on Kyle. Um, and like you were saying, he he has one good season under his belt with the 49ers, and he still gets all this praise. And I like I was wondering where the hell that praise came from too, because like <laughs> I'd never seen this dude do shit. Besides that 2019 year. Uh, it's like a... So, on the, on the topic of, of, you know, the, the coaching staff now, it's just uh, so up and down. And recently, I've just been hearing a lot of, like, Al Shanahan has been taking on too many of the team's responsibilities. Uh, it's just like, you know, player personnel and so on. And it's just like, yeah, I think... It'd be better to relieve him of some of the, you know, other responsibilities than, you know, whipping up something for the offense to to do. And it's uh, it's so weird. And you see this constantly through, like, from 2019 to this season, where it's like he was getting outcoached by his defensive coordinator, coordinators on, on certain games. And it happened this year too. You know, I thought there there was many games where D'Amico Ryan's defense was, you know, producing the offense by a large margin too. So it was like it was Kyle Shanahan was getting out coached on his own team. But then you see games like last week against the Cardinals, where you know the defense was doing so horrible, but the offense was doing so good. And I think the only reason the offense was doing so good is because, you know, Jimmy was finally getting, getting you know, his shit together. I think it it was a confidence thing for, for Jimmy. I think it was great for him to go to, to the Bears, you know, uh, get, you know, business done and take that confidence with him forward. But it's just like the, the rest of the team did not do that at all. I mean, especially the defense. I mean, the defense wasn't even that great against the Bears either. You know, the Bears are letting up a ton of sacks to opposing defenses, and I we only walked away with two or three, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I mean, it's like it's such an up-and-down thing with Kyle Shanahan, and I just know he's not going to get fired anytime soon. He's only The only chance he ever gets fired is he had <laughs> Trey Lance, you know, come, starts next year, and he's a complete bust. And that's the thing. I don't think he. I don't think he's going to because Trey Lance, present, like you know, presents to your team these explosive plays that can, and you know, inspire the whole the whole team altogether. You know, defense loves to see it, offense loves to see it, and I think that's what you know Trey Lance can bring. And I don't know if they're not, they're just not they're not using it. I mean, the offense last year was like, well, not last year. Sorry, 2019 offense was pretty average, right? Until they signed Emmanuel Mosley and. Suddenly, there were so many explosive plays on offense, and and offense was was booming. So, I think they're missing the explosive sense of things. And I, ah, man, that's just Kyle Shanahan. He's not going to be going anywhere for the next two years. I'd say. I just want more off his back. Mm-hmm. Arshan, you got anything to uh, to say about the 49ers' current situation? Uh, I mean, just to say, you know, they're in a in a very, you know, evidently, you know, a tough a tough spot right now. Um, and I think financially, pretty wound up. And like you said, they're no 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 first round picks to look forward to or to build upon. So pretty limited in what they can do. I mean, all they can really try to do is just unload some contracts off maybe and make small acquisitions here and there. But uh, it's not much wiggle room to go around and. I just feel like 
they want to become a good team again, it just has to be within that locker room. And, uh, you know, because, I mean, they have solid building blocks. You know, I mean, this is really talking about a team. I was just in the Super Bowl, you know, just a couple years ago. So they're not complete trash. Like, they have nothing to look forward to. Like, they have solid pieces in order to, you know, get back to the high grounds. And uh, it just starts at QB, you know. That's the that's the head of the team, you know. Yeah. If, if you know whether that be Garoppolo or whether that be Lance, you know, a decision has to be made. You know, it just can't keep you know trying to sugarcoat everything in terms of the the quarterback situation. You know, a decision has to be made. You know, at some point in time, so can't keep avoiding it. And um, health, I would say, just a, just always a big factor with any team, but. Uh, for the most part, I feel like the Niners are just always, you know, injury ridden, and you know, to, not to their own avail. Obviously, you know, you can't control that, but you know, injuries have really, you know, jeopardized their season. And I feel like once they get everybody healthy, you know, um, they they can start making moves again. But they've been injury plagued, and you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. So. Uh... We talked about this earlier, not here, but, you know, just before all this. Um, do you think this Niners situation is deeper than just the coaching staff? Like, with ownership, I know the York family took over in, like, what, the early 2000s, right? But mm-hmm. there, there just hasn't been able there, – there hasn't been a coach like Bill Walsh, you know, who just to take over like that, like he like he did. I honestly thought it was going to be Jim Harbaugh. And then he got let go for like what one one bad season I think it was or what 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 happened with that whole situation? I always thought Jim Harbaugh was like one of the best coaches in the league and just he I, I feel like he was let go unfairly honestly. I don't know the whole details about it, but I know there was a little scuffle between Harbaugh and York Jed York, um, and it was just really rare for me to like you know for them to uh, part ways because Harbaugh had what three straight seasons going to the NFC championship game you have one bad season which was eight and eight I mean so and you just let him go like that and it was ever since there I think the York ownership just did not know what to do and they still don't know what to do because like I said with Shanahan man he just hasn't proved that that he's a top coach in the league you take 2019 away from Shanahan He's another Mike Zimmer. He's another Matt Nagy, in my opinion. Um, we all think of him as this offensive genius, like his father was, Mike Shanahan. He's not. He's, he's not. He's honestly. And this is why I'm worried for Mr. Mr. Lance's development for Trey. Just look what he did with Robert, uh, Robert Griffin over there with his dad in, in Washington at the Redskins at the time. You know, he just completely wore him off with these read option plays and because if that's going to happen with Lance, if that's how you're going to use Lance for the future, it's, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to suck for him. You know, and it's, it might turn into a bust, but I have faith in Lance, you know, but I just don't think Shanahan's going to be the guy to develop him. And once again, with York, man, he's not aggressive with, with, with these moves. Um, if you see something like bad with the organization, you know, with the, coaches teams he does he won't make a move he's not bold enough you know he's not like he doesn't want to get these acquire these players and that also goes down to, to john lynch he doesn't want to make these big 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 moves um his scouting has been questionable on going to draft day you know signing three straight defensive linemen solomon thomas deforest buckner and eric armstead you passed up on deshaun watson and patrick Mahomes in 2017 Knowing we didn't have a quarterback, I don't know, man. And then you're signing Jimmy Garoppolo for 120, 137 million, 135 million for five years after playing five games, going undefeated. Four of those teams being under 500, besides the, that Jacksonville team that was splendid, led by Gus Bradley. I just, I don't know. I think the Niners just have been on a downfall ever since the York ownership, you know, making the playoffs four out of what, 21 years? Yeah, for a historic franchise like that, the Niners deserve way better, man. They deserve way better. And so I think Jed York needs to put his big big boy pants on and cut some ties with these with these guys. 
I saw people talking about how if they were to, you know, sign a, a coach and then a GM, they'd do it completely separately. They would sign their head coach, you know, and looking for what they're, you know, obviously, the, uh, well, what they're looking for. And then sign a, a GM separately, you know, and just have a healthy competition when it comes to, like, you know, taking care of players and, and whipping something up, you know, in the, the draft and so on. Uh, but it just wasn't the situation. People think that, you know, John Lynch has been a little under Kyle Shanahan's hand because Kyle Shanahan took uh, a big role in, you know, hiring John Lynch. So, I mean, it's I just that. Uh, I thought they came at the same time. Did they not? Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. Kyle Shanahan came. Yeah, but he was the first signing. And after they signed Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan took part in, you know, bringing John Lynch over. Oh, wait. So, uh, do you know anything about, like, who has, you know, at the end of the day, who has, the, the you know, the, the say on who you take in the draft? Is it head coach Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch? Uh, it's like it's a little bit of a mystery, but if I had to take a guess, I I'm 100% guessing that Kyle Shanahan probably brings the hammer down on most of the most of the decisions. I think they 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 butt heads, but it's just like you know Kyle Shanahan is just he's just gonna have that bigger voice than than John Lynch. Yeah, because I, I heard like. that like this in this draft 20 in 2021 uh, NFL draft there were like I don't know who, but between John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, one wanted Mac Jones and one wanted Trey Lance, and they, they kind of like took took a vote, I guess, on who who wanted who, um, you know, more, and that's where Trey Lance kind of just came in. I I mean it it seemed that way. Uh, I can't say a hundred percent like you know who was voting for who. Because uh, it was just like you know public speculation. It came down to it was like Mac uh, Mac Jones and Justin Fields were like Al Shanahan. Well, no, actually, no. Take Justin Fields out. I think they were out on the Justin Fields you know sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. I think they were saying you know Mac Jones was a Kyle Shanahan like you know what he wanted in a rookie QB, and then. I don't know. They get Trey Lance, and then Kyle Shanahan is like, "Oh yeah, this is like this is the rookie we were going for this whole time." And it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's. I don't know. It's a mysterious, but it's like shouldn't have taken them, you know, so long to make that decision. Yeah, and the yeah. fact the fact that it was Trey Lance who is like the least NFL ready quarterback that that was available in that draft. Uh, considering, I th- I think he took like a a year off because because of COVID or whatever, but um. Yeah, I think like even Joe even Joe Montana himself spoke on it. <laughs> he said that the Niners should have taken uh Mac Jones over Trey Lance. But you know, I heard about least, that. uh we only time will tell how Trey Lance will do. If he keeps on fucking running the ball like he does and not staying in a pocket for two seconds for more than two hmm. seconds, I, I don't I don't see his career going anywhere. He'll probably just be another Taysom Hill or something, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what Kyle Shanahan can do. If not, an, if another you know head coach comes in for the 49ers and tries to develop him, but, you know, don't be biased. Uh, but I I really do like Trey Lance. I think it's also a hindsight thing where it's like a expected Trey Lance to sit behind Jimmy G this whole time because I thought Jimmy G was you know they thought everybody was gonna come back in and they were gonna ball to the to the playoffs. So they were they were really banking on that and just having Trey Lance sit behind them. And it's like. When I say another hindsight thing, because the other one was, you know, whether or not to sign Tom Brady. Tom Brady had just finished, like, you know, when the opportunity arose for that situation, Tom Brady had just finished his, you know, his time at the Pats poorly. I mean, yeah, they made playoffs, but it's like they scraped making playoffs, and his last throw in that on that team was a pick six to end their to end their, you know, any playoff hopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jimmy G had just come off that uh, that Super Bowl run, so you know they're not gonna target Tom Brady, who was looking kind of washed, and and they said with Jimmy G, who had just taken him to a Super Bowl, and it's just I don't know, it's very it's very complicated. Uh, I wish you know they had uh, gotten no, I won't say gotten rid of, but traded away Jimmy G uh, this past off season. 
because I don't I don't mean to bring up the Pats again, but the Pats did the same thing with Cam Newton and and uh, Mac Mac Jones because they they figured that two two leaders you know at the same position would be conflicting within the locker room. So the best option to do like to to fix that is to get rid of one of the one of the leaders. And obviously you're not going to get rid of Mac Jones because you know one he's a rookie he can still develop and two he's like you know he's your draft pick so uh, it was it was one of those situations that I think you know had went on in the background. Wait, are you referring to if the Niners did take Tom Brady? Uh, yeah, that was yeah. This is like before the 2018 season. It's a hindsight thing now, seeing that Tom Brady had gone and won the Super Bowl with the Bucks. But it's like, it, it would you'd think they you know now they should have gone with Tom Brady. But it's like at the same time, Tom Brady at the time was just it looked really poor. Yeah. The Niners had a chance to get Rodgers and Brady, right? This off season? Uh, not this off season. Rodgers, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah, Rogers, yeah, but uh, definitely not Tom Brady. Tom Brady was, is, he's probably going to retire as a Buck. Wanted to retire as a Niner, but it's like, it, that's not going to happen in, at all. I think the Niners, man, I think they're the most inconsistent team in the league, man. Like, we saw the game with the Colts. We saw the game with the Bears. Like, it's just, like, the defense plays well but the offense will give you a poor performance. And then there's games where the offense plays well and the defense plays poorly. Like, And this comes in like, you want to win. The, you have a team that wants to win the Super Bowl. Okay, you have a, a, a roster that's Super Bowl ready, but you let a defense, a rookie defensive coordinator take over one of the best defensive coordinators in the past five years. Like, stuff like that, man. You just don't do that, man. I feel like you got to go find yourself a good defensive coordinator out in the market and you go push for him, man. It's, the, it's just like, I like, I want to compare ourselves with the Rams, man. Look at the, what the Rams do. How they pursue these players. They're, they're hungry. They want to go win that championship. The Niners, they don't make these moves that go win you titles. Like, it's just, it's sad to see because, you know, it's an organization that's historically one of the best all-time in the league. And you just, you don't put someone like D'Amico Ryan's in there if you want to win the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, we you know seen, I mean, like, we've seen like the same thing from the Rams. What was it, twenty eighteen when they went to the Super Bowl and lost? They traded like a lot for these players. I think it was uh, Marcus Peters they got that year, um, but like it just didn't end up working out. They were left with like no picks, as they are now. <laughs> they have like no fucking picks, mm. so it's it's kind of like a win now, or you're just done for bro uh so yeah i don't know how the rams are gonna deal with that if they don't like i don't think i honestly still think the cardinals could beat the rams i don't think the rams are the strong are, are a strong team as you know as they look to be on paper but uh I mean, they just lost to tennessee so to, who knows who knows how that's gonna go von miller's old he's pretty washed if you ask me it's not 2015 anymore so <laughs> yeah And then Shahan doesn't even play his rookies. You'd rather have signed these players off the off free agency, you know, off these practice squads like Josh Norman, Drake Kickpatrick, you know, players like that. Mohamed Sanu. Like, where are your rookies at, man? Where's Diamondo Lenore? Where's Ambry Thomas? These guys you picked up in the draft in the corners that need playing time. You're seeing that Josh Norman and Drake Kickpatrick, you know, they can't handle the zone. They can't handle man. What's going to affect with these rookies, man? Well, oh, these, rookies, these rookies, these rookies, these rookies are gunning for this roster spot. They're ready to go. They're practicing their ass off. Same with Aaron Banks. You're seeing Daniel Brentskill and Tom Compton. Well, not Tom Compton. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Daniel Brentskill is having a horrible season. Tom and then, Compton's not doing worse right now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he came in from McGlinchey at right tackle, and then you have Jalen Moore. Who pulled in for Trent Williams versus Indianapolis? Who pulled, you know, did a pretty good, decent, decent performance at left tackle during the injured Trent Williams. And you just, you rather put Tom Compton instead of Mike, instead of uh, Jalen Moore for Michael Genji. Like, come on. Stuff like that, that, that dude. De- that demo situation makes me so frustrated, dude, because he was doing, it was a rookie, it was doing so well at the beginning of the season, right? 
Yeah. I mean, you're not. Yeah, I understand. You get mad at like sometimes, which is like because because he give up a big play to. Yeah, the fucking Devontae Adams of all people. The rookie gave up a big play to Devontae Adams, and I don't I even know, know why they had him on on Devontae Adams. And he gives up that big play, and then suddenly he he's gone for like the the rest of the year, not to see another snap. I don't think Ambry Thomas has been ready yet because you know they haven't even bothered you know activating for most or any games. Hufanga is looking good. I'm a big fan of Hufanga right now. Uh, is Tom Compton really bad? I I think Aaron Banks now has to step up now that McClinchy is gone and mm-hmm. man, it's just so frustrating to to watch all this go down because you got all these what's it called all these you know old cornerbacks coming in and they oh man they're doing so so bad and just like yeah those old cornerbacks that we know you know NFL fans know the 49ers organization know that they're injury prone cornerbacks. They're old and injury prone, man. And I also go back, you know, to John Lynch and his drafting, his scouting. Look, honestly, I didn't really see a big reason for drafting Aaron Banks when you had in your hands one of the best corners, one of the best rookie corners in Asante Samuel Jr., man. Like stuff like that, you know. You need corner. You need a corner. You know you needed a corner entering the draft. One of the hottest prospects behind personally. Patrick Sertain's number one, JC Horn's number two, and number three is Asante Samuel. You have a Santa Samuel on your palm of your hands, and you just don't you don't pick him up. And he's having a good, pretty good rookie season with L.A. and Chargers. So I don't know, man. Just these 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 choices the organization makes is kind of just you're drowning yourself in to a hole. All right, y'all. That's been the FDK podcast episode for the week. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Um, We'll have more content as things develop. Appreciate you guys who uh, came out and listened. And until next time.